0: The Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcast is presented to you by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Check them out this playoffs. We've got a four-game playoff slate for you on Yahoo Daily Fantasy. It's $150,000 baller, $15,000 going to first place. Great payout structure, only $10 on an entry fee. Great tournament for you guys this playoff season. Check them out over at Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy.
2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OG's podcast right here on RotoGrinders.com. Back with a special edition of the playoffs. We we couldn't leave you guys hanging. We had to get in, give our thoughts here on the four games. We will cover each and every game from a DFS aspect. We will look at the spreads totals, see if there's any edges there. But let me bring in my boys, as always. See how Christmas went. Uh, Any New Year's plans? Notorious head chopper as always back here for another week boys how we doing Noto? we'll get started with you we missed you last week buddy how's things how was christmas and uh what's the plan we're recording here on new year's eve so big plans tonight what's going on
3: uh, yeah, sorry to miss the show last week. I had some stuff come up, so I couldn't hop on. But uh, you know, I hear you guys talked to Duke Williams and Derrick Henry and all the guys uh, that just went off last week. So that's good. Um, as far as tonight, uh, New Year's Eve, don't have a ton of plans. I think just going to my dad's or having a little get together. So, yeah, it's definitely different from uh, New Year's when I was you know, in my 20s.
2: Yeah, New Year's definitely like changes uh, as we get older and you have kids and then, it, you know, my wife's in the corner falling asleep at, at 9.30, <laughs> like at least make it till midnight. Come in, the kids want to party all night long. So we'll see. Should be a fun night uh, with the family just laying low on my end, but uh, looking forward to it. Chop, how we doing, buddy? How's week 17? And uh, what's big. what's the big plans for the Chop Man for New Year's?
4: Oh, yeah, week 17 was terrible. We can just throw that one away. But uh, New Year's been, you're right. It does change, right? Because, like, back in the day, I-, I remember specifically certain times on New Year's Eve, I would drive down to Galveston and party all night, hop in my car at like five in the morning, and drive back to San Antonio. <laughs> that means it's so so bad that you think about the things you did and and then now now yeah you're right i'm gonna go and bring my little vegetable tray to my mother-in-law's and hope i can stay up till midnight and pop some fireworks with the kids life life comes at you fast man you gotta be you gotta be aware of it
2: and if you're the young guy out there you become the old guy really damn fast like it, all of a sudden like holy shit i'm the old guy so enjoy it while you got it have fun but just know. Uh, it, it comes along fast. So, alright, let's get into the football, guys. Four games here, two Saturday, two Sunday. Uh, DraftKings has the, the four games all in one. A uh, millionaire maker going, so somebody's going to win a million here. Hopefully it's one of you guys listening, if not one of us. So, first game on the docket, Saturday afternoon, Buffalo and Houston. So, very interesting game. Houston, we didn't get much out of them last week. Rested uh, pretty much anyone of importance. Buffalo did the same. So, Chop. We'll start with you, buddy. Both teams should be rested, ready to go. Buffalo has had some big road wins here this season. Houston's looked like a contender at times. Uh, the spread indicates this should be a pretty close game. So, uh, what do we got DFS wise here? Buffalo and Houston to lead us off.
4: Is this a? You know these these uh all four of these games. I find them be very interesting. So we got that going for us this weekend. And this one's interesting in the fact that you know Buffalo is this hot and. Upcoming team, and I think you know, a lot of people are kind of. I think we're going to see a lot of people lean on them closer to game time as far as the spread's concerned. So, I think they're going to be a popular pick, uh, DFS wise, also. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen, John Brown against that secondary, you can't go wrong there. I don't think Cole Beasley's been a touchdown maker this year. Don't know if I'm willing to buy into a running back just yet, so. Uh, I think the passing game for Buffalo looks good on those aspects, and on the flip side is where it gets really intriguing, yeah, Houston at home all year long, I would run and avoid the buffalo secondary i don 't I usually don 't want guys against Buffalo, especially guys the guy who 's going to be guarded or or shadowed by tredavius so i can 't but i can 't Scratch DeAndre Hopkins off. In fact, I look at that and go, all right, here's an opportunity for us. If you're going to tell me this guy's going to come in at much lower ownership than he typically would because we're scared of a shadow job, I'll gladly hop on the DeAndre Hopkins train. The offense does make... It it does get a boost when Will Fuller's in there and we don't know what he's going to do or if he's going to come in for his typical two series and then get hurt again and leave and, and leave us hanging in DFS, so... Maybe you invest in some Kenny Stills shares regardless, but boy, I find it hard to believe Deshaun Watson at home is going to come out and lay an egg. I don't care if Buffalo's a good secondary. I got to have some Houston passing attack on some of my teams.
2: Yeah, and I don't even mind the running game here for Houston. I think, I think you can beat Buffalo on the ground. You know, that, that's, they're, they're much stronger uh, against the pass. Top five DVOA against the pass were against the run number 18. So a guy like Carlos Hyde, you know they want to get him the ball a ton. Pretty much a zero in the passing game. Duke Johnson, obviously, uh, intriguing on a site like DraftKings. But, uh, Derek, what do you think there? I agree with Chop on Hopkins, for sure. If he's going to be low-owned, uh, he's a stud. He can win that matchup. But uh, Carlos Hyde, I think, could be sneaky here, only 5,100.
3: Yeah, so we'll make it three for three on Hopkins. Um, when I first, you know, pulled up the the slate, I was thinking, yeah, Travis White's going to shadow him. Probably don't want to go that route. But then everyone else is gonna think that same way. And Hopkins isn't a guy that, you know, creates a ton of separation anyway. He's one of the best in the NFL at uh, contested catches. Uh, and then if they play in his own, you know, he's one of the best at finding those holes. So I like him quite a bit here, especially if Will Fuller ends up being out. It sounds like he's day to day as of Tuesday. And with this game being on Saturday, that doesn't sound all that great for his availability. So um, we've seen Hopkins just go nuclear without uh, Fuller on the field this season. So I like that call quite a bit agree with you on Hyde as well. Uh, as you mentioned, the Bills much tougher against the pass than they are the run. They're 20th in DVOA against the run so far this season. So I do think the game script sets up a little better for Hyde than it does for Duke Johnson. Uh, but at the same time, if you know the Bills come out and get a lead, then this will probably be the Duke game. So uh, maybe get a little bit of exposure to both the running backs. I wouldn't consider either core plays, but uh, Hopkins definitely my favorite option over there. And Deshaun Watson averaging 25 fantasy points per game at home this season. So like Chop mentioned, maybe get a few uh, shares of him as well for the bills at yeah, Josh Allen, really high floor. We haven't seen a ton of ceiling games from him this season, which is strange because you know last season it was the exact opposite. He was boomer bust, but uh, he's had at least 20 fantasy points in five of his last seven games. Good matchup against Houston, beautiful secondary there. I pair him up with John Brown, who has a 34% air yard share over the last three weeks or Cole Beasley, who has a 28% target share over the last three weeks. So, I think those are both interesting. And then I have a little bit more interest in Singletary than Chop just because uh, he did play 96% of the snaps in Week 16. Um, so he might be close to an every-down player uh, this week. You we know, he got rested, and Frank Gore did not last week, which made no sense. I mean, I had some TJ Yeldon shares, and then Gore was out there playing every snap in the first half. That was kind of
2: frustrating. And singleta- Texans have struggled against pass-catching running backs, and you allowed the second-most receiving yards to that position. So uh, I think both running backs here – uh, very very much in play a lower total here but uh, i like both of those guys singletary and carlos side what about the spread here we got houston down to two and a half open at three uh some action on buffalo has driven it down a little bit total at 43 Derek, you like either of those? Uh,
3: i like the over in this game you know it's indoors i think the offenses can put up some points uh, i think the texans passing game should be better than most uh probably expected to be with hopkins so I'll take the over, and then if I have to do a pick on the spread, I'll, I'll take the Bills on the road.
2: I, I like the over a lot here. I'm going with that as well. I think either team could win this game. I do think we're going to get a competitive game. I could see Buffalo going in there and pulling off uh, the upset in air quotes. I could see Houston uh, winning this game uh, easily as well. But I agree, there will be points scored. So, not sure about the line. I'll leave that one alone, but I will go over on that 43. Chop, what do you
4: got? Oh, these four games, there's three, there's three sides I like a lot, and this is I like Houston a lot in this game with those points. I don't like they they flamed out last year in the first round against the Colts, and I just don't think Deshaun Watson does that again. I think that that little bit of experience really helps him out here to slow the game down. I think Houston wins this game.
2: All right, let's move on. Probably the game of the week, uh, every, the one everybody wants to talk about here, Tennessee, the the red hot Titans coming in new face uh the team that just somehow lost to the damn dolphins at, at home <laughs> to, to how the hell does that happen so it's magic strikes again here but we have tennessee and new england here chop and it, it seems like tennessee on a roll it seems like everybody uh is out there picking tennessee to win this game it feels like we're burying new england and then they're going to do the old the, the undertaker sits up and, and rises from the dead here so uh brady looked bad last week no doubt does he does he respond here does he bounce back uh tennessee it's been a lot of derrick henry aj brown but we know new england one of the best taken the best players away so uh, i love this game i can't wait to watch this game at dfs uh, which way do we go here do we load up more in tennessee or do we believe in playoff tested belichick and brady here against titans
4: Yeah, for DFS, this is a tough one because uh, Tennessee is the hot team, and I know that I just got a feeling they're going to gather a lot of steam here closer to kickoff also. But for DFS, I mean, we got New England, and they still – their defense might have been a little bit overrated earlier in the year, but it's still a good defense, and they're still at home, and you've got Belichick game planning for you. So it's tough to say, well, I'm going to load up on Tennessee offense here because they very well could shut down Derrick Henry. And they've definitely got the personnel to shut down AJ Green. As as nice as he's been these last this last month and a half, they've got the personnel to shut him down. And after that, yikes, I don't want to trust Corey Davis or Taj Sharp or or somebody like that. So man, that's a tough one for DFS on Tennessee side of it. I guess I'll have some shares of Derrick Henry, but I don't feel super comfortable with that side of it. And then on the New England side, you can definitely attack the Tennessee secondary, but do we trust Brady? I do not. He is a noodle arm. Like, he is the definition of a noodle arm these days. Like, and he's got no weapons except for Edelman, who's banged up. can't get. Like, they didn't go out there looking ahead in that Dolphins game. They knew what they needed to do in that game, and they still lost. I think that speaks volumes for this team and how poor it is on offense. But we're in, we're in the playoffs, and that can only mean one thing. Former Super Bowl MVP, James White check down machine. You know James White's the one guy you're going to lock in. I got to lock James James White in on DraftKings. He's just going to be money in the bank. He might catch 12 passes in this game because, yeah, Edelman's hurt and they just don't have anything else. So I'm not buying into they're going to get Nikhil Harry more, more touches or Mohamed Sanu. I'm out on all that. I'll play some Edelman and I'll definitely have a lot of James White. But the rest of that, Oh, man, I'll pass.
2: I love the James White call. I mean, Tennessee, very good against the run, top 10 DVOA defense there, but uh, bottom 10 in receiving yards allowed to running back. So uh, that is a mismatch. We know New England is one of the best team at, at finding those mismatches. And you're right, James White comes playoff time. This guy comes alive and becomes a big part of that offense. So uh, he's easily one of my favorite plays of the week. Derek, do you ever think we'd say Ryan Tannehill, more expensive than Tom Brady? I, I just <laughs> never thought we'd see the day, but 500 more. Uh, your thoughts on Brady here. I, I kind of agree with Chad, but there's always that playoff mystique to this team that, that they can just rise up and make it happen. So Titans, I'm having a hard time. Uh, I think some of these guys are a little bit too expensive. Up in New England, I love the white call. Brady, can we play him or not here?
3: Yeah, I mean, the thing with the Patriots is that, you know, they've had these lulls each of the last five seasons or so, but they've always gotten it together right before the playoffs and they've gone on a big run. And, I mean, losing to the Dolphins at home in pretty much a must-win situation, you would have got your first-round bye, had a chance for Edelman to get healthy. So, I don't know. Maybe this year is different. Uh, You know, maybe we all just want the Patriots to lose and for their run to finally be over. But I think this could be uh, their final run. So, I will not be targeting Brady I don't really want a ton of Edelman either. His last three games, nine, seventy-two, and twenty-six receiving yards. It sounds like his shoulder injury is a lot more serious than they're letting on. And uh, yeah, like you guys mentioned, James White's the guy to own here. I don't think they're going to get much going on, on the ground with Sony Michelle. So uh, White's going to get a ton of snaps, ton of checkdowns. And as you mentioned, Beard, tenth most receiving allowed yards allowed by uh, the Titans this season. So. He's really the only one I would look to for the Patriots. Uh, I think their defense is fine as well um, if you want to pair those two together. And it's not that I don't think the Patriots can win, but I just don't trust their passing game right now. And for the Titans, yeah, it's hard to trust their passing game just because their uh, Patriots secondary is so good. you got to expect Lattimore to shut down uh, A.J. Brown. You know, it could only take one play for him to pay off that salary, but I will not be going there. Uh, Derrick Henry just continues to get – better and better late in the season 32 carries over 200 yards and three touchdowns last week in their must-win game against the texans uh the patriots pretty good run defense but it's a lot better uh of an option than trying to attack them through the air so give me derrick henry and give me james white and that's pretty much it for this game
2: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna pull out my violin here you bring up derrick henry uh had a run in the millionaire maker last week uh the last the last decision was derrick henry or aaron jones uh, in that last spot and like I'm going to the game. Let me load up on Green Bay. I'm be there watching. So I go with Aaron Jones. I would have ended up finished third if I went with Derrick Henry oh. for fifty thousand instead was a hundred sixtieth, whatever it was. So yeah,
3: Aaron Rodgers missed Jones like six oh, times. My goodness,
2: Aaron Rodgers looked horrendous. So uh, we'll talk Green Bay next week, but they did not look good at all. And yeah, he he's overthrew him on two touchdown passes. So frustrating. Made a run at it. it was fun, but uh, you yeah, bring up Derrick Henry. That's what I thought of, but. Let's look at the betting market here, guys. Uh, All these lines courtesy of SharpSide. If you don't have the app, go and download it. We've been telling you about it all season long. Uh, Great for props, uh, betting lines, totals, and there is a contest going on as well, absolutely free to play on SharpSide. All you got to do, lock in a bet and make a streak and you can win uh, some free prizes, a lot of FanDuel cash being given out. So get over and download the SharpSide app today. All right, we got New England Minus four and a half here, Derek, 44 on that total.
3: I will take the under. I think the Titans are going to want to run the ball with Derek Henry 25 to 30 times if they can. And I don't think the Patriots have the deep threat. Uh, they really need to score a lot of points against this defense. So give me the under.
2: I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go the over. A lot of these Titans games have been going over lately. So you look at, I think it's seven of the last eight or something. So the points will be scored here. I think New England's offense will be much better uh, than what we've seen here. So it uh, doesn't take much to go over that forty-four. Both teams get in the twenties. I think that happens here, so I'll go over. Chop. You breaking the tie on the total, or are you taking a stand on uh, one of these spreads?
4: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with one of the spreads, and I will say this much: when you look at a game like this, uh, the first thing you have you look at as a like an outside observer is which fan base is more obnoxious, and so who should I be rooting for? <laughs> Well, nobody wants to hear I, – I, nobody wants to hear the New England fan base anymore. They're just brutal. I'm, I'm done, you know. Been done with them for over a decade. So, But then on the other side now, do I really want to sit here and listen to Soccer Dave and his DH, DH Ember to Remember and Tanny Thrill tweets all week? Oh, man, I don't want to hear that for another week. <laughs> But I'll take the lesser of two evils, and I'll root for Tennessee. But I actually like Tennessee a lot on the spread, though, so I'm going Tennessee plus the points. So
2: you'll be using the mute feature on Twitter, and uh, all them all the little phrases, and you just you can just block <laughs> Soccer Dave for a few weeks.
4: No, the mute is good. Sometimes I do like I like I like to sneak in there and mute people when they start to get a little bit obnoxious on Twitter. Like, like I I'll have these runs with Tommy G where. Like I can listen to him for a month or so, and then he starts to do the deal, <laughs> where you see, every game he's doubling down in game, and I I got to hit the mute on him for a little bit. But then I I remember, oh, I muted him. Let me unmute him, and he's bearable for a little bit. Then I got to mute him again. It's weird. It's a weird cycle. But yeah, the the mute the mute feature is nice. That's
2: a great feature. There's some other characters out there that, <laughs> that could draw that that mute feature
3: for sure. So <laughs> I always forget um, who I mute until they like try to write something to me, and
2: I I can't see it, and I'm oh, oh who's Sorry, dude. Yeah, I just – I leave them – I have never blocked somebody or muted somebody on Twitter. Not one time, ever. Just
4: yeah, leave the great. doors try open. It, try it out, man.
2: Oh, I mean, wow. This, Life changer. Oh, maybe I'll have to give it a shot. I, I don't I'm block nice. people, though.
4: Yeah, I've never blocked anybody, but, boy, some –
2: The mute probably would come in handy. I may, I may have to because you're right. They, these are some annoying fan bases here. These Patriots – these guys have been – I mean, come on. This has got to be the end, right? I mean, Kansas City, Baltimore—somebody's got to take these guys. Out. I can't see it being Old Tanny Hill, but we'll we'll see. It should be a good game. All right, let's move to Sunday. You got something there, Derek?
3: Time's money line. There you go.
2: Oh boy, I like that, that it. worked out well like for the Jags. It did.
3: <laughs> one that one time.
2: <laughs> we we did uh, put in the Jags money line ticket for you last week. So oh. yeah, <laughs> oh, that's that's kind of how that season's gone. Hey, your yeah. coach is back though. I, I guess. I, I don't even know what I like want anymore. 500 yeah. million a year, so. Might as well keep them. The future is bright there, town in Jacksonville, <laughs> or not. All right, Sunday, we start at 105 with Minnesota and New Orleans. Saints big home favorites here. A little bit bigger than I thought it would be. I thought it'd be around a touchdown. We're sitting at minus eight, so not, not a huge jump, but a little higher than I thought, but What do we do here, Derek? I think this one has a lot of options. Obviously, Michael Thomas in the Dome, money in the bank. Can we find the money uh, to pay for him? Is he a priority for us? Do we go Camara, the Saints onslaught? And then who gets it done for Minnesota? Do do we trust Alvin Cook coming back from injury? Uh, Thielen, Diggs is always a guessing game. I think this game probably the key uh, to this weekend and getting this right. So uh, strong leans here, Vikings and Saints. What do you got?
3: Yeah, I'll start with New Orleans. Uh, I haven't tried to build any lineups just yet, but I have to think that Michael Thomas is going to be you know, a lock play for me across the industry. We know the you know, Vikings have very good defense, but their secondary is bad. Rhodes has been bad. Um, everyone else back there has been pretty bad. We know uh, Thomas is going to get 12 or more targets in this one. He has a high floor, has a high ceiling. He sees a nice mix of you know short and deep targets. So he is my favorite player of the entire slate. I expect him to be popular, but um, I think you just have to lock him in. I uh, don't mind pairing him up with Kamara if you can. Uh, I think most of the production from the Saints is going to go through those two. Uh, and that's why I don't really need or uh, feel a need to get to Drew Brees because I think you can get most of his production through Kamara and Thomas. But uh, if you want to play all three, you certainly can. It's going to be tough to do with the lack of value uh, at some of the other positions. But uh, they're at home, and, you know, they have not applied a total over 28 points. So it's hard not to like uh, the Saints here. Jared Cook's also fine. Uh, if you want to mix him in, but I probably won't be trusting any of these, you know, uh, cheaper guys, Traquan, Ginn, Latavius. I just think uh, they're going to lean heavily on their studs, and that's the way I'll be building for the Vikings. You know, Kirk Cousins. It's not a prime time game, so he's at least got that in his favor. Uh, they're going to be trailing in this one, and he's only 6100. Uh, I could easily see him racking up the 300 yard bonus uh, in a game where you know they're going to be throwing a lot. So. Don't mind him. Uh, Adam Thielen hasn't scored double-digit fantasy points since week six, which is kind of crazy. I know he's been injured, but uh, he's played a few games during that stretch as well. Uh, and then Diggs is going to be, you know, locked up with Lattimore. So not really sure what I want to do with the receivers. We're probably lean Thielen, but, you know, his form does scare me a little bit. So maybe the option is just to go back to Dalvin Cook. Assuming he's going to be fully healthy, hard to see him losing many snaps uh, in a playoff game. So uh, that's probably the route I would go. And then Rudolph is an interesting punt at 3,500.
2: Yeah, the running back price, I mean, 7800 for Cook, 7400 for Camara Chop. Uh, obviously, a little bit easier to get to than we've had uh, in the regular season. So this will be the game people are loading up on. Is there a way to get different here that you're seeing? Is this just uh, eat the chalk on a Thomas, a Camara? Uh, what are your thoughts here, Vikings and Saints?
4: Oh, man. Yeah, so this just uh... – a quick spoiler: This is the one game where I don't have a good lean on the spread here coming up, so I'm kind of up in the air on this one. I think uh, for the Minnesota side, yeah, I mean, I mean, I wanna, I wanna play Cook. Like I, I wanted a better matchup for him in the first round, but this is a brutal matchup. But you could still play him. But man, this you got to temper your expectations. You got Diggs and Thielen. I think they're playable, but. You know, again, I don't know. Uh, Kirk Cousins on the road. Eh. And on the flip side, Breeze is a hefty price tag. Kamara, he's fine. Michael Thomas is the one where, man, yeah, I could, I could definitely – it would be very easy to sit down and just make – if you're making 20 lineups, make all 20 with Michael Thomas. Like, that would be easy to do. But then you got to start thinking, you got to make – you got to make tough decisions sometimes. And like Michael Thomas last year – During the regular season against the Rams, he had that game where he went for, like, 15 catches and 200 yards during the regular season. Then they get to the playoffs, and they're at home against the Rams, and he is obviously an ultra-popular play in DFS, and he just completely, uh, you know, tanks. Like, what was it, like four catches for less than 50 yards or something like that? The point is that you get in the playoffs, and the things teams did in the regular season, you know – that goes out the window. They're going to do different things here on defense. So maybe they double him. Maybe they find a way to say, we are going to take away Michael Thomas. You can beat us with Traquan, beat us with again, beat us with Jerry Cook, but Michael Thomas isn't beating us. It, it can happen. I'm not saying it is. It would be very easy to just plug and play Michael Thomas. But sometimes you got to make those tough decisions in those big GPPs and fading him, maybe one of them, especially if we're looking out and he's going to be 60 or 70% owned, you know. That's a tough one, man. So you're on your own there. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm more likely to lock him in with in the smaller contests, but in those big ones that they're giving away a million bucks, and you got to beat out th- that many teams. Who's to say Michael Thomas doesn't put up a five catch for seventy yard game and doesn't find the end zone, and that's a complete dud?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, can happen. I, I, I'm more on the lock him in with looking at those home numbers. And this dude's averaging over thirty DraftKings points a game at home, but. I uh, could certainly see a yeah. scenario. It,
4: it, well, who, I get that one too, but I, I will – what was it, Thanksgiving this past year where I locked him in on Thanksgiving, I think it was, and <laughs> oof, that was brutal.
3: All right. I was against Atlanta. I was in Atlanta, I think. Was that yeah, – that I mean, no, was the first one.
2: Right. At home, he's he's been, uh, he's been tough. But the point – I mean, it's. I'm not arguing the point. I mean, you're going to have to yeah. decide somewhere. I mean, there, there's not a ton of value here unless something – changes over the next few days, which this is not the NBA. Uh, everyone's not all of a sudden going to be questionable and sick and all that good stuff. So, uh, the value is somewhat limited here. So uh, making a decision like that automatically makes your lineup different. I'm never against that. So, uh, not arguing that one at all. What do we got on the spread here, Chop? Minus eight for the Saints, high total at 49.
4: I think Minnesota is better than, than what people are giving them credit for. So, but I don't want to go against New Orleans at home, so I'm taking the over here. I think I think there can be points scored.
2: Uh, Derek, what do you got?
3: Yeah, I don't really like the spread or the total. Uh, I'll root for a close game and take the points with the. Oh, I'm
2: abstaining here. I thought you were going to try to pull the. <laughs> I don't want to make a play here. Not, so. not in the playoffs. Uh, I am going to go over as well. I, I agree, Chop. I think Minnesota could put some points on the board, uh, but New England or New Orleans could could easily win this by ten or more. So. Uh, don't love the spread, but I'll take the over here as well. All right, guys, let's finish it up here. Last game of the weekend, uh, Seattle, which really blew an opportunity there, came with inches of winning that game. But uh, here they are now down to the five seed, have to travel across the country uh, and take on the NFC's champs. The Philadelphia Eagles got it done there in week 17. So, Chop, we'll go to you here. Uh, you know, is Seattle, I don't think they're a very good team. Uh, Philly has, has looked like crap as well. So I don't really love this game for DFS. If there was one game that I'd feel good just crossing it off – I'm not saying I'm going to cross it off, but if there was one game I have the least amount of interest in, uh, it would be this one. So agree, disagree. Uh, you got some plays out of this game. What do you got, Seattle and Philly? Uh,
4: yeah, I disagree. I, I like this game a lot. But it's funny how, like, in sports – these these championships are decided by things that you don't even really think about in the moment. And Seattle coming up about an inch short of beating San Francisco could be something that swings the Super Bowl this year. Like, they could have knocked San Fran out of that home-field advantage, you know. I mean, if San Fran goes on to win it with home-field advantage, I think you can look back and say, wow, what, what would have happened if Seattle gets that extra inch and then San Fran doesn't get a home game Go home game in the playoffs against one of those other top teams in the NFC. So, and just like I remember, all, which boy pour uh, poor one out for beer here. The Milwaukee Milwaukee against uh, Washington was it this oh, past yeah. year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the best clo- the best most dominating arm in the bullpen in all the baseball blows it could have wrapped it up against Washington and sent Washington home. That's it for Washington. And instead they make this comeback against the best reliever in baseball. And then they go on to win the world series. These, these little things like that. It's so weird how that happens, but thanks
2: for bringing that up. though.
4: <laughs> but isn't that, <laughs> you know, Washington no, know goes on and win, they win the world series, man. Right. And by that all, by all, by all rights, they should have been home in that, uh, in that game. They should have been done with, but Hey, that same thing. We, we can look back on this year. In the Super Bowl, depending on what happens, but yeah, I like I like the Seattle offense here. I like Russell Wilson. I like uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I mean, I'm not going to try to narrow it down here. I just like the passing game in general. And if I like that, then I could I could see some check downs to Travis Homer. His price tag's gone up a little bit, but you know, I don't think Marshawn's going to cut it in this game. He, he he's a nice uh, he's a nice guy and he's a cool personality to to follow, but. He's, I think he's kind of lost it here as far as a running back, so I'll go with Travis Homer. And on the flip side, the Philly side, um, ah, man, he just doesn't have very many weapons, but I guess that's good for us in DFS. We can narrow our wide receiver pull down. If Ertz plays, Ertz is a good play. Godair is a good play regardless, and then there's Greg Ward. And after that, you know, there's not very much in the receiving game, so I'll tell you who has looked good, and that's Boston Scott. The salary's caught up. I don't know if you want to play that now. Uh, but man, that, that that kid's explosive. So if you wanted to, go for it. But I think there's offense here. There's, it's uh, And I think it comes from the passing game. So that's where I'll focus on.
2: Yeah, Scott has kind of muddied the waters. You know, a lot of people are feeling good about Miles Sanders, uh, obviously dealing with an injury. So we'll keep an eye on that. Sounds like could be good to go. But uh, Scott comes in and has the big game. Jordan Howard was a non-factor, but uh, there's still three guys there. So that, that it's going to make people hesitate. There's always an edge when that happens, when there's muddy waters. People aren't sure uh, you can find an edge. So once those ownership projections come out, uh, keep an eye on that. And I think Sanders, uh, pretty intriguing here against Seattle. Another team, Derek, that has struggled with running backs uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. So, uh, now again, I don't have a ton of interest in this game, but I think that's a situation to watch. Obviously, uh, the Zach Ertz situation, something to watch. Seattle... Uh, When you adjust everything, they have been terrible against tight ends. So, uh, Ertz, Goddard, both in play, uh, no no matter what happens there. So, uh, more interest on the Philly side for me. Derek, your thoughts here. Wrap us up, Seattle and Philly.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised you don't have a little more interest in Seattle. Um, I mean, Russell Wilson in a must-win playoff game, it's hard not to like him. Uh, Last week, you know, they don't have any running backs. So, he had 40 pass attempts and eight rushing attempts himself. Uh, We don't see that type of volume from him very often. I think they're going to put the ball in his hands. Uh, he's my favorite quarterback play of the week. And if you take Tom Brady out of the player pool, there's like a $700 difference between the cheapest and most expensive quarterback. So uh, there's really not a big difference in pricing. So you're not really going to get, you know, salary saver. So uh, take your pick, your quarterback. Mine's going to be Russell Wilson. I like pairing him up uh, with Lockett or Metcalf, either one. They both have good matchups against a beautiful secondary. Eagles have allowed the fourth most uh, schedule adjusted fantasy points to wide receivers. So, Love that. As far as the running backs go for Seattle, it's just hard for me to see Pete Carroll not giving Lynch all the work here. Travis Homer is definitely the better running back at this point, but Lynch is going to get the goal line work, and he's probably going to outsnap him just because it's Pete Carroll. Uh, I just don't see you know, Homer having a huge role here. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I'll probably be avoiding both, but if I have to choose, I'll choose Lynch over him. Uh, Hollister's interesting, too. I think he'll be a lower-owned option in this game because everyone will play the tight ends for the Eagles and rightly so. you know Everyone's banged up there. And as you mentioned, Beer, the Seahawks have really struggled against tight ends. So, love Erd's, love Goddard. Um, don't mind going to Greg Ward. And then just depending on what happens with Sanders, it sounds like he's going to play, but he's in with an ankle injury. So, if he ends up being out, then Boston Scott becomes interesting. And if Sanders does, you know, play and it doesn't sound like he's going to be limited, I don't think a lot of people will go there. And we've seen some huge games from him. He was on his way to a huge game last week um, in Week 17. So, I think he would be one of the better leverage plays of the week.
2: So no worries about Wilson's. I mean, that's just the upside. I mean, is there upside there? Yeah, he went nuts against Tampa in week nine. But even going back, they just – they played in Philly week 12. The dude had 11 DraftKings points. He barely crossed 20 against San Francisco. Uh, if Did not, much. you're talking three, four, five, six, seven weeks in a row that he didn't top 20 fantasy points
3: yeah but they lost all three of their top running backs, and now they're playing uh elite run defense and a bad secondary i i just see him uh airing it out quite a bit, and I think uh, he's gonna get it going on the ground a bit too
2: all right hey, i'm just playing uh, the you know the, the the contrarian voice here the, the devil's his, advocate <laughs>
3: his ceiling has been rather limited lately
2: all right yeah. betting wise uh again we got a a pretty tight line here i lost it here hold on, stand by. We have Seattle, road favorites at minus one and a half, 46 on the total there.
3: I will take the over in this game, and I will also take the Seahawks.
2: I am going to go with the Eagles. Seems like everybody is going to want to bet Seattle in this spot, and it's still traveling across the country. Still a tough spot. Uh, Philly hasn't looked good, but I I just think – I don't think Seattle's a good team. So I'm going to go with Philly to win an ugly one here. Chop, what do you got?
4: I'll break that tie. I'm going to go Seattle here, nice. minus minus the points. Uh, I've seen enough Russell Wilson in big games to like. He he can be he can be just about anybody. I think Philadelphia is just with these injuries, just very very overrated.
2: All right, that will do it here for the Wild Card Weekend. We talked about all the DFS plays. We talked about spreads and totals, guys. Any final thoughts here for everybody as we go into 2020? Derek.
3: No, happy new year, everybody. As far as DFS goes this week, don't be afraid to target some of these uglier games like the Titans and Patriots. Somebody's going to, you know, go off from those games and those are going to be the guys you need for some of these really big tournaments.
2: Yep. And late swap going to be very important here. So keep an eye on things. Make sure your latest player uh, in your flex spot. So uh, happy new year, everybody. Thank you for listening. Chop. Final thoughts here for the people before we get out of here.
4: Yeah. Enjoy this week. It's a, this is a fun week, and Next week is uh, just as fun. And then it kind of falls off the cliff, man, when you only got two games after that. So these are the last couple you can really enjoy. So enjoy them while they're here and and be safe out there guys.
2: Absolutely. Be safe for sure. Uh, You know, we'll be back next week, our final show of the season, breaking down the divisional round. So make sure you guys come back for that, but we appreciate you guys listening, the feedback, uh, and everything you guys have done, we love doing the shows, and hopefully, uh, you guys take down some of these big tournaments here on Wild Card Weekend. For Notorious, for Head Shopper, I'm Beer saying Salu. Best of luck here in the Wild Card Weekend, guys. Happy New Year once again, and we will see you right back here next week. We're out of here.